0: My hope is that this podcast will offer some encouragement, a few laughs, and even some hope for the future. This is After Four, and these are your stories. What's up alumni? I'm John Steele and this is After Four, the podcast that's just for you. As always, it's great being together for another episode. If it's your first time joining us, welcome. I'm so glad you made it, and an especially warm welcome to you 2023 grads who are joining us for the first time. We're here to help in whatever way we can with your transition to life after graduation. We're on episode three of our new Finding Your Footing series, where we talk about skills and mental frameworks to help you navigate that post-graduation transition. If you missed our first two episodes where we tackle the concept of transition itself, Check out the show notes for a couple links to those episodes and get yourself caught up. On this episode, we're having a first-ever moment. In the past, we've only ever talked to alumni who are already established in their life after graduation. Most of our guests are years past it. That's undergrad, grad school, med school, law school. A few have been freshly graduated, and one has been in the middle of a grad program. But never before have we talked to someone who is about to graduate. Never before, until today. That's right, on this episode we're hanging out with a current senior and learning all about what it's like to be entering into this season of life without having experienced any of it yet. Today we're talking to Nolan, senior and member of Greek IV at Purdue University. We're going to hear all about his experience as he's approaching graduation, as he's making big decisions and wondering what's going to happen next. You'll also get to hear a moment of genuine surprise from me as I learn something really exciting, at least to me, about Nolan. But I'll let him tell that story. Here he is. This one's for you, alumni. Nolan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, John. It's good to be on the podcast. Appreciate the invite. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to get to hear a little bit of your story. So we've got this is sort of a different take on a typical episode for us. A lot of the time, we have people who have already graduated, they've got some time kind of in their post-graduation life, and they're reflecting back and then talking about where things are at now. You, if I'm remembering correctly, are our first, like, somebody who is still a student that we're talking to, to get your perspective on this trajectory- out of graduation. And then hopefully down the road, we can reconnect and get real time stories about what's it been like since graduating. So kind of a unique spin on our typical conversation here. How do you feel about being a a little bit of a guinea pig?
1: (laughs) I like that idea. I feel like I can provide maybe a unique perspective. So I'm excited for it. That's awesome. Hey, well, before we jump in too far, Nolan, why don't you just introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are. My name is Nolan Groninger. I'm currently a senior at Purdue University, originally raised and born in Warsaw, Indiana. No Um, way. That is
0: my (laughs) hometown. I am from Warsaw, Indiana. (laughs) I had no idea. (laughs) That's insane. Sorry, keep going, but then we have to talk about (laughs) Warsaw for just a minute.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'd be happy to. So, born and raised in Warsaw, my parents, grandparents, and uncle all went to Purdue, so I was kind of destined to go to Purdue and be <laughs> yeah. an engineer, and so I'm studying mechanical engineering technology, but I've also adopted pre-medicine concentration courses, so I actually have all of my pre-med requirements wow. to potentially go to medical school in the future. So I'm your typical <laughs> Purdue engineer. as <I'm> from <laughs> Warsaw, Indiana, which is also a big orthopedic industry, so I'm sure you're familiar with
0: that. Oh, yes, as we say, the orthopedic capital of the world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: So that's part of my story too. I've had an internship in the orthopedic industry for the last four years. So that's
0: kind of what sparked my medical interest. Are you potentially thinking to combine the two and go into like biomedical engineering?
1: Yeah, that's part of the decision-making process I'm in right now is what do I do with my experiences to kind of gauge what the future looks like after post-graduation.
0: Well, I'm excited to hear some of the decision-making that's going on for you, but uh, we have to talk about Warsaw just a little bit more first. Are you a Warsaw High alum? I am, yeah. Warsaw Community High School, Tiger. Yes, a Tiger. I went to Lakeland. I don't know if you're familiar with the other schools in the area. I have to know, what's your top Warsaw restaurant? Top Warsaw restaurant? I love burgers. So, Oak and Alley, they've got the oh, yeah. best cheeseburgers
1: and fries. I also like L R Arrow. So our company would take lunch breaks
0: and then go sit <laughs> out on the patio right next to the lake. A good spot. Yeah, that's a classic joint. That place has been around since I was in like elementary school. I'm a Pizza King fan myself. A little more hole in the wall, kind of dingy place if you walk in. But oh man, that's a family favorite. Every time we're back, I gotta get some Pizza King.
1: The Pizza King owner there in Warsaw actually helps coach basketball for the high school. Really? So we go have all of our Christmas parties at Pizza King. And we got some free Pizza King,
0: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're living the dream, man. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, hey, this has been super fun. Unexpected reminiscing here. This is going to be a tough highlight of the interview to beat. So we'll see where things go next. But Nolan, my understanding is that you're a part of Greek life at Purdue. How long have you been with your fraternity? Yeah, I rushed the first week of school freshman
1: year. So I've been in Greek life for the last four years. Nice. And which fraternity are you with?
0: Beta Theta Pi. We go by beta for short. Beta. Okay, nice. What's your favorite thing about being in a fraternity specifically or about being involved with Greek life in general?
1: Yeah, my favorite thing is that there's always something going on. So I lived in a house with 60 to 65 guys, depending wow. on the semester. <laughs> oh my So it's pretty big. And so when you have that many guys in a small area, there's always something going on at any time of day, any time of night. And so... If I'm looking to blow some steam after studying all day in the library, there's always video games to be played or play at the pool or whatever it is. So it's just fun to have activity going on all the time. Is Greek life in general a pretty strong
0: community at Purdue?
1: Yeah, we have a pretty large Greek system. I think there's close to
0: 20 sororities and maybe 35 fraternities. Is there a lot of friendly competition among different fraternities and sororities?
1: Yeah, there's friendly competition. Intermurals are actually a lot of fun. We had a senior intramural basketball team playing in the B League recently. And then we had a freshman through junior intramural basketball team playing recently. And we both went all the way through the tournament and played in the championship game in Mackey Arena. Wow. So that was a lot of fun. We got to play in (laughs) Purdue's home arena and the fraternities both came on both sides of the
0: arena. So that was pretty fun. Wow. What a great experience to get to be a part of. I think this is true. Uh, are you also a part of Greek IV? That is true. Yeah, I've been part of Greek IV since sophomore year. Tell me how you got connected to Greek IV in the beginning.
1: So I actually didn't come into college really pursuing my faith, and so freshman year was a little rocky. And then COVID was a blessing for me because I was able to actually get away from the parties and build some discipline in my life and some spiritual disciplines and figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And so sophomore year I came back to school ready to uh, get involved with my faith and be urgent with sharing the gospel. And so I was looking and searching for Christian ministries on campus. And Purdue actually has a student organization website that I scrolled through all 1300 organizations. Oh, my gosh. Greek uh, University <laughs> was
0: the one that stood out to me and got connected that way. You said that COVID was actually a really important change of pace for you. What was it about that that kind of led you in the direction of being developed in your faith that then brought you back to campus looking in a way that you weren't your freshman year?
1: I think going into freshman year, I knew that I needed to spend more time in my faith, but feeling like I needed to take on the whole college experience. I always had a party to go to every weekend, and I didn't really have that time away from the distraction to build discipline. And so once COVID hit, I finally was able to just kind of sit in my room and think about what truly mattered and what truly brought life and purpose into what I was doing. And the parties were not that. So I was finally able to flip
0: it and say, all right, God, you got all of it. I'm going to give you everything. That's really awesome. The way that I would interpret that, you can tell me if you feel differently about this, but the way that I would interpret that is almost like in the solitude being drawn away and in this place that many of us felt just like, wow, I feel really disconnected and alone. I mean, it sounds like God met you in that space and like really just shifted your thinking and your priorities about what do I need to actually be thriving in my life? And oh, it's it's Jesus. I need more of Jesus in my life. And how can I do that when I get back? That's exactly what happened. I love that. So then you come back to campus, reintegrating your sophomore year, you look through this huge list and come across Greek InterVarsity, Tell me what's one memory that just lives, you know, rent free in your head about Greek intervarsity over the last few years.
1: So sophomore year, fall semester, I
0: actually got a Bible
1: study planted in beta. And our first meeting, we had both guys show up.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: There's no huge persistent story of, oh, it took so long to get guys to show up. Everybody was willing on that first meeting. So that was fun. So we had a Bible study consistent throughout my sophomore year. And then junior year, I was actually lucky enough to join Greek IV leadership team. And we have this thing called an all-Greek gathering. So all-Greek gatherings are for both fraternities and sororities to meet once a month and share about what God's doing in our chapters and our lives. And we go through a little Bible study. But we kind of got the feeling that it wasn't as much fun in the academic building since we were in those buildings all day. So our staff worker suggested that we should have this all-greek gathering in a fraternity or a sorority house and so beta actually got to host an all-greek gathering in our chapter room it was close to 80 90 people and the room was just packed and it was the first event that I actually got to MC and kind of initiate and lead. And so that was super special for me to see over the span of a year, a Bible study get planted and then to host an all Greek gathering with Christians from all over campus come join in, in that one spot. And the feedback I got from the betas in the house was that no one can throw a good party and that it was more impressive <laughs> than any of the other parties that had been there at that house this semester. So wow, it was pretty special to be a part of.
0: Yeah, that's amazing to go from the guy that's, you know, partying on campus and then have this life-changing experience with God, come back sophomore year, plan a Bible study, and that that just grows into this experience of being the guy who's throwing a party for other Christians on campus and that it beats out <laughs> any other party that's been hosted <laughs> there. Like, yeah. what a cool story. What an amazing turnaround. So then as you think about all of those things and the time that followed, you're in your senior year, are you in your last semester right now? Yes, that's correct. I got six more weeks. Six weeks. You're not even in double digit weeks anymore. Oh my gosh, man. So six weeks to go as a senior who's approaching graduation. You are taxiing down the runway here about ready to take off and move into the into this next phase. What are some of the big things that you're preparing for? Like what are some of the, you you alluded to a couple of these things, I think, but what are some of the big decisions that you're kind of working through in preparation for this next season? So I'm still trying to decide
1: what my life looks after graduation. That's a little nerve-wracking because that is six weeks away. But I'm lucky to have some options right now. One option is to go on staff with Greek InterVarsity. That's been available to me and something that I've really been considering. Another option I have is to go back to Warsaw and keep working in medical device development using my degree as an engineer. And then I've also been accepted into... IU grad school to do a master's of public health. Wow. So I've got three options that I'm trying to decide between. And that's
0: kind of the, the big decision that I have to decide over the next week or two. Well, okay, a week or two. That's where you feel like you're, you're after needing to make these decisions. An even shorter timeline than just the six weeks <laughs> until graduation. That's crazy. Okay, so then, I mean, just break those down for me a little bit. What feels like the draw for you in in those different directions?
1: So I'm a mechanical engineer, so it makes sense to go use my degree and develop medical devices like I have been doing in that internship I've been in for the last four years. So there's a draw for that. But in that internship experience, part of me was like, I'd rather use these devices than sit at a computer and design them. So I initially, in my sophomore year, decided I want to go to medical school. So that's kind of the crossroad where I'm at. Is I could go do the master's of public health and use that as a bridge to get to medical school or work more in the healthcare industry, like I have passions for. So that's a cool option. And then Greek IV has just really blessed me and influenced my faith and provided an opportunity for me to to grow and to serve Jesus and to love others. And so if I have an opportunity to maybe give back and, and be a part of that, so that other students in college have that
0: experience then that's something worth considering for my future this maybe feels like a loaded question it isn't (laughs) but it might feel that way do you have any struggle within you of like this feels like the spiritually correct decision to make versus this feels like something that feels like it makes sense based on the things i've been studying or that i enjoy but might be a decision in the more like secular direction do you feel a tension between making decisions even just in that way?
1: Yeah, there's definitely a tension there, especially with the financial means. Uh, having a job offer to go make money out of college is definitely appealing. And so the other two options of Greek IV, where I'd have to raise money and fundraise my own salary or grad school, which is just money gone, there's no return <laughs> yeah. on that for the next two years. That's definitely a tension I'm feeling. But I feel like God provides and God will provide a way for whatever path I choose. And so. I have to try and push that aside and not get distracted
0: by the things of the world and just keep my eyes focused. Yeah, I think we really easily get distracted by a decision that almost doesn't even need to be made. The spiritually correct decision over what feels like a secular decision. Maybe that's a weird way to say it, but it feels like we can divide things into those camps. And I don't know that they even need to be. You talk about if you join Greek staff, if that's where God's called you to be, then he's going to provide funding for you for sure. Money's not going to be an issue. Uh, Well, I I shouldn't say it that way. There'll be challenges for sure, but that the Lord's going to provide. If you go into the medical community in some way, yeah, the Lord's going to provide for your needs in that space as well. Maybe the concerns of medical community or even back to Warsaw is like, how does my faith play a role in this? You know what? The Lord's going to provide opportunities for you to live out your faith in very obvious ways as well. If that's the thing that you're wondering, like, where's the provision for that? That God's going to be at the end of all of those roads, whichever decision you choose and not just waiting for you to get there. Like he's going to walk with you no matter which one of those paths you choose to take. But yeah, it can feel like we have to make a what's the spiritually correct decision here and that that can sort of overwhelm our thinking sometimes.
1: Yeah. And I think there's the stigma that you have to figure out your calling or what exactly you're supposed to do. And I don't necessarily like that because I think as Christians, we're called to love God and to love others. And I can do that in any of these three pathways. So um, I'm not kind of caught up on making the right decision. I think they're all good options, but just trusting that the Lord's going to provide, like you said, and
0: just being obedient is going to pan out well for me. Absolutely. Those are wise words for sure. I went on and got my master's degree in clinical psychology and I'm on staff with university. I was a campus staff for a number of years and now I'm, you know, hosting a podcast. I didn't end up doing psychology professionally, but sometimes you pursue a path because that's the way God wants you to go, but not to do the thing that you think you might do. You might choose any one of these things and it ends up just taking you in a totally different direction anyways. So who knows? Are there any Things coming down the pipeline that you feel particularly excited for or particularly nervous about as you think about new phase, new season of life? I think what I'm most excited
1: about is just being challenged again, kind of like the unknown. As a senior in my last semester, I'm taking 12 credit hours and it's been the easiest semester I've had all four years. So I feel like I've kind of figured out the undergrad college years, I have a good GPA and involved with student organizations. So I'm kind of just coasting right now. And so I'm excited to have something new that's going to challenge me and, and develop me more. And so that's what I'm most excited about with the next path. With that being said, I'm nervous about being distracted. And I think you even brought that up earlier is like what are the things that might be swaying a decision. And that's kind of my biggest fear is that I'm not getting distracted by that. And I'm not making decisions based on the world, but that I'm making decisions that will benefit the kingdom ultimately. So been praying a lot into that and asking
0: God to give me wisdom and not rely on my own understanding. Yeah, because not only are you battling senioritis, because that's a very real thing. But then on top of that, you do have decisions to make that a very prominent piece of them are financial in nature. And we just live in a space where financial decisions, they can have a particular power to them, a particular draw or sort of make us feel resistant to them in one way or another. And then in the midst of that, continuing on in ministry that you're a part of on campus, how do you finish well? That feels like a huge thing to be wondering about is like, okay, how do I tie a bow on things here, nicely hand off the things that need to be handed off end the things that need to be ended and be able to all of us transition well here at the end of my college career?
1: Yeah, Katie and Ross Heyman are staff workers for InterVarsity, and they're actually leading a senior send-off program over the next few weeks. And we're reading a book called After College, and they're kind of walking us through that. And that's been the most recent topic is how do you finish well and how do you steward what we're in right now? And so... That's definitely something that's relevant for me with finishing up Greek IV leadership and my classes and just some friendships here on campus that probably won't be as easy to continue moving
0: on. So that's awesome. I'm glad that you've got some guidance in sorting through those things, because a lot of us can just kind of power through to the end of a season and then we end up on the other side like, oh wow, I did not mentally or emotionally prepare for being in this space. I've, I've been thinking about being here, but I, I didn't do the saying goodbye that I needed to do to be well prepared for this. So I'm glad that you have the senior programming at your fingertips there. As you think about next phases, what are some of the things that you're looking to take with you after graduation as far as like spiritual disciplines? And why are those the things that you intend to continue investing in? The biggest thing for me is finding Christian community.
1: I think that's one reason I struggled the first year of college was I didn't have those people that were pouring into me and wanting the best for me and my faith. And so when I was able to seek that out sophomore year with Greek IV, I found people who were going through the same challenges, going through the same temptations and trying to live a life worthy of their calling. So I think that's really critical for me is to find that community in whatever location I'm at after college. This past year, my roommate decided to start a house church. Oh, and cool. so on Thursday nights, we open up our apartment to do some praise and worship, read scripture, and pray for each other. And it's basically been our senior friends that have been connected for the last few years, just not with Jesus at the center. So we've been able to develop our friendships around Jesus. And it's just been really special to have that this year. So finding that community is going to be important. And on the flip side, Silence and solitude is kind of what brought me to my faith. And so that's something I've tried to implement daily and weekly, just spending that alone time with God so that I can be recharged and realigned going back into whatever the day has in store.
0: I love even just the side by side comparison of those two things of recognizing I need people, I need community, and I also need to continue taking time alone. That Those two things are important practices to have side by side. You've touched on a couple of these already, I think, but in what ways do you feel like being part of Greek IV has prepared you for the next season, for life after graduation?
1: Being in Greek IV ultimately has taught me how to be Greek and Christian. As a Christian, in Greek life is very hard. There's a lot of temptations and distractions. And so it's basically taught me how to care not so much what others think, but what God thinks. And that's huge for me because I can be bold and I can sit down and read my Bible at the breakfast table in front of others and not really care that they're going to judge me or think that I'm less than or not of value. And so having that boldness to share my faith and be outward in a fraternity that's going to carry into the workplace or grad school or wherever I'm going. So I think just my time and experience in Greek IVs taught me to live with an audience of one and live with God telling me who I am and what I'm doing rather than what others. And I think that's important for the next phase of
0: life. InterVarsity does a lot of training and developing on how to just live your faith out openly. But it does feel like you have a unique context that you get to do that in that many of us end up in our workplace and we're like, okay, now how do I translate this from my campus experiences into my workplace experiences? Because it's totally different social setting. But for you, you have rubbed shoulders with these people that see very differently than you on issues of the world and faith and that you've already got lots of training under your belt as far as like, well, this is what it looks like for me to just live this out in an open but humble way and how to invite people into that process. Process with me. And I think that's going to serve you really well going into med school or into the workplace or teaching other people how to do that well with Greek IV staff.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it'll translate
0: really well with whatever challenge or whatever pathway I'm in. Is there a piece of parting advice that you would want to leave for the people that you know and love on campus as you look towards graduation?
1: At Beta, I definitely want to encourage them to put in the time. A lot of the speeches I've heard is, oh, the hours studying don't really matter. Like, you're going to get your job. You're going to move on with life. So just enjoy it and have fun. And I think that's wrong because I did that in high school and I did that freshman year of college where I was like, oh, things will be fine. It'll all go smoothly. And it wasn't until my sophomore year of college until I really focused on my studies and tried to put time into helping others and bettering myself. And I can really see the return on that investment. I think college is a time not just to get a degree, but to learn how to think. And so we can learn how to think and we can learn how to problem solve, and that'll be useful in whatever job or career path that we have out of graduation. And some parting advice for Greek IV, I think, is just to increase our fear of God. That's been a consistent theme this past year is how do we increase our fear of God and what does that mean? It's not like a fearful, oh, I'm afraid of God. It's that we submit to God. And so to have an audience of one, to live with the Holy Spirit that gives us power, love and sound mind, and to know that our treasure is stored up in heaven, not on earth, kind of falls under that concept of fearing God and believing that he is the ultimate authority. He's the ultimate reigning king. And having that increase will ultimately make us bolder and give us an urgency to be more outward with our faith, to be more bold with our friends and other sororities and fraternities on campus. Living like Jesus is coming back tomorrow. And I just want to challenge everybody to not get complacent, not get content with how things are, but to want to make a difference and want to share the good
0: news. Yeah. What priority would you give to the instructions and the invitations that God has given to you if Jesus was coming back tomorrow? (laughs) How would you live those things out if that was the case? You would probably feel very motivated. Jesus is coming back tomorrow. Now's the time. Now's the time to get this figured out. Take a risk and be bold. Be obedient and do the things that God's invited me to do. That sounds like great advice. Nolan, this has been a lot of fun. I was not expecting to get to talk to a fellow Warsaw person, reminisce about a place that I love very much, but especially to get to hear more of your story and thinking about trajectory and next stages for you. Can we try to touch base in six or eight months and just see what's become of some of these decisions that you've been trying to make and the things that you've been learning in those first few months post-graduation?
1: Yeah, I'm super excited for what is ahead of me, and I'd be super excited to share. So uh, I'd be happy to get back on and talk with you again, John. It really fun. I yeah, appreciate you having me on.
0: Such a great story. From Nolan's transformation between his first and second year on campus to his attitude as he prepares to make his next big move from campus, it's clear that God is at work in Nolan's life. And there's a lot of his story to go. Who knows what bumps and unexpected turns his path might take? Which of those three decisions will he pursue for his next steps in professional development? Or could there be a totally different opportunity that comes along in the meantime? What will it take to find the community that he needs while continuing to regularly lean into silence and solitude with God? I imagine that many of you are asking similar questions for yourselves. So much of the future feels like a mystery, and even the things that seem certain, they could change. Thankfully, Nolan has some advice that we can all take to the bank in this area. He says, As Christians, we're called to love God and love others, and I can do that in any of these pathways. Alumni, no matter where this new season takes you, these foundational truths remain the same. At the core of our calling, and what God has invited each of us to do, is to love Him and love others. We can do those things whether we're working our dream job and know exactly where our lives are going or for struggling just to find a job and have no clue what the future holds. Invest yourself in those two things, in loving God and loving others, and you will live a fulfilled, meaningful life of purpose. Nolan, thanks so much for joining us this week. Good luck in your first few weeks and months post-graduation. I really look forward to connecting again in the fall to see where you've ended up and to hear how reality has compared to expectation. For the rest of you, come back next week as we continue to dig into the idea of purpose. We'll be joined by April Peters, founder of Landing on Purpose, as she helps us understand what it means to clarify our purpose, why it matters to pursue that clarity, and also offers some helpful tools to get us started. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today, alumni. If there was anything that you learned, really enjoyed, or that encouraged you from today's episode, would you send us a DM or tag us in a story? We'd love to hear about it. You can find us at After 4 Pod on Instagram and Facebook. And if you haven't already, take just a second to unlock your phone and subscribe to the podcast. If your platform lets you, leave us a rating and a review. And if you like what we're doing here, share us with your InterVarsity or other post-graduation friends. Thanks again for listening, and I will see you in the after, alumni.